your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, y'all. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another episode today. And we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by the head coach, the Iowa women's soccer team, David Diani. Uh, David, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate it. Um, it is a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you obviously getting back to me and whatnot. And uh, the women's soccer team, I, I feel like people don't get a chance to watch them enough. So I wanted to make sure we uh, covered the soccer team as much as possible. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, before we get into the Iowa soccer team, I want to talk about your journey, though, because uh, kind of an interesting journey. I was doing some research, uh, started out at the high school level, moved up to Grand Valley State, and then got to Iowa. Uh, what has that journey been like for you? Well, it's been uh, it's been an eventful process, uh, but an exciting process, to be honest. Um, you know, what's interesting about my career is I've only been a head coach. Uh, so most of my except for, you know, the very, very beginning of uh, where I was maybe a JV high school coach, you know, as a, as an assistant, you know, back in uh, 1998, but uh, most of my, most of my career has been a, a head coach. So it's been kind of learning by, by, by mistakes, you know, um, to be honest, it's been trial and error and, trying to grasp new, new ideas and, you know, what works for me and my coaching voice and, you know, what's my philosophy. So all of it was kind of transitional and um, trial and error, use, keep, throw out. And um, it's been, uh, it's been very exciting in that regard. And even at the age of 49, I feel like I'm, I'm still trying to, trying to develop who I am as a head coach at the big 10 level. And, and that can be challenging because, as we know, it's a very, very strong conference in all sports. So um, and I think the other part is I don't I, I really once I'm at an institution, I really try to develop, you know, who I am. I try to develop the culture and I don't change jobs an awful lot. And so it's been easy on my family to be able to integrate themselves into the community. And for me, you know, the administration have been have at both schools in particular have been very, um, very patient and um, very excited about the process. Absolutely. And you're, uh, I feel like the last couple of years, you've really been hitting your stride at Iowa, uh, making a couple of uh, tournaments, which is super fantastic. Two of the only three tournaments the women's soccer team has made in the history of Iowa women's soccer. So definitely hitting your stride there. Um, did you always want to be a, a coach? I did. You know, I think everybody, when they go to college and they're, you know, they, they're, you know, they're a student athlete, they, they envision, having great, you know, great, great, you know, um, great success on the field and, um, you know, going on and playing pro and whatnot. And early on for me, quite honestly, I thought I had a good, had a good career. I was at an NAI school that was very successful, but it was very obvious uh, to me that I was a good soccer player, but not a great soccer player. And, you know, my mind started, you know, moving into, you know, the hows and the whys and, in the tactics of, of, uh, of, of the success as a team. And so it became uh, a track that I started moving into. And then one of my, my, my major, my undergrad was education. So, you know, I talk a lot about teaching 
you teach the game of soccer, you don't, you know, and then, you know, that's, that's first and foremost, and then you coach the game. And so I think the elementary track, the high school track and the education kind of lend, lend itself to a different area, which was the soccer field. So I, I had always enjoyed that process. I enjoyed the development of, of players and development of people. And I think, you know, be, whether you're in the education world or you're in the athletic world, they're very similar. Absolutely. Um, what was the track? Were you on the education track? What was the grade you were hoping to eventually teach if you were a teacher? Well, I, I actually did teach. Um, you know, so when I came out of college, I, I, I was a high school coach for a long time in college for four years. And that same high school, private Catholic school, Jackson Lumen Christie, um, hired me as a teacher in the social science department. And so I coached varsity girls and I, uh, I taught, I taught six classes. So really quite enjoyed that. Um, some of the best years I've ever had actually as a coach and a teacher, you see them every day and you shape lives in a different way. Absolutely. My wife is a teacher, so I have a, a soft spot for teachers. She's, uh, she's no longer in the profession, but she was there for, for five, six years. And it was, uh, one of the most enjoyable, one of the also most challenging uh, professions, I think, that people don't don't always realize. Um, super cool. How how was that recruitment process to come to Iowa? You spent a lot of years at Grand Valley State, had a lot of success there. Um, what did Iowa reach out to you? Was Iowa on your radar uh, when the previous coach ended up going to Dartmouth? What what was that process for you? Well, yeah, I, I think the um, first off, you know, Grand Valley is such a unique school. You know, size wise, it's you know the big the biggest school in the country for division two. So, and, and, and all the departments, their athletic programs are all have a chance to win national championship every year. So, you know, when you're there and you have that as your, your pedestal and that's what you're, you're trying to win a national championship or, you know, we had gotten the program to a position where all but one year we were in the final four. Um, I think eight of the last nine years we were in the final four you know, there are a lot of opportunities for us, for me to move on, but there were, there were opportunities that maybe I didn't envision them to be different or better than what Grand Valley State. And I knew a lot about the Big Ten. Um, we, we'd play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, play a lot of Big Ten schools in, this, in the spring season. Um, and so I, I was very familiar with the landscape in the Big Ten. And so I'd never, I'd kind of always said, if I'm going to leave here, I want to leave to, to be challenged professionally at a higher level, you know, and, and again, nothing against, you know, a Mac school or, a, or horizon level program, but I thought I was already doing that. Um, mm -hmm. So when Iowa did call and they had an opening, I knew Ron Rainey pretty well. And I had always looked at the uh, Iowa city and university. I was, I'd never been, but I always looked at, hey, they don't have a men's program. So there could be something special mm -hmm. about being the lone soccer program there. Um, and I knew that they had, you know, it was, uh, I, I looked at it as being something dormant. Like Ron had, had done really well in 2013, but they had a good pro, they had a good team, but I didn't see that as having a culture yet. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see it as Iowa City having soccer fans. Um, and the athletic department supporting it, how I, you know, really probably needed to be supported. So when they called in and I was, I don't, I'm not sure, maybe I, I, I'm not sure I want to come. And, you know, Jane, Jane Meyer was like, just take the visit. I think you'll be surprised. And, and quite honestly, 
to to her point, I was. The people were fantastic. The Tiger Hawk is just a world renowned, um, you know, um, emblem, 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 yeah. and um, and the people in the at, at at the state of Iowa are just bleed black and gold, you know. And that's not a knock against the Cyclones, but the reality is. You, you know, you don't say, Hey, go cyclones in every airport. They say, go Hawks. And yep. that, that, that just took me over. And, and I thought it was a place I could raise my family. And I was so excited because that's what happens when we recruit every recruit that comes to Iowa city. They're like, I did not know this existed. And it just became a, a passion that I, I wanted to be part of. Hey, Hawkeye Nation, with the pause of the conversation with Coach David Diani, real quick, I want to tell you about Built Bar because this is the time of year where some of your New Year's resolutions are becoming a little bit more difficult. One of those might have been to eat healthy. Mine certainly was. And Built Bar has allowed me to stick to my New Year's resolutions because eating a Built Bar doesn't feel like a chore. It feels like I'm actually eating something truly delicious. It tastes like a candy bar but has all the nutrients of a general protein bar. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. This is the treat you need to have in your back pocket to keep your New Year's resolutions going every single day. And all of these bars, as I mentioned, are covered in 100% chocolate. They are so delicious. Again, you're not going to think you're actually trying to keep up your resolution because you're like, this tastes so good. This can't be that good. It's too good to be true. Well, it is actually true so check out built.com go to b-u-i-l-t.com use the promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order use that promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right y'all thank you for making the locked on hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day you can find the locked on hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcast at and also on youtube by searching locked on hawkeyes that's uh that's super cool. I, I think for me, so I grew up in Iowa. I went to Drake University for undergrad, but I always knew I wanted to be an Iowa Hawkeye at some point. So I finally decided to, to take the plunge and got into you know grad school and whatnot. So going there now, but um, always kind of was very interested in that. And my best friend, uh, his dad has passed down the fandom to him. Uh, he goes to every game. I got season tickets. So um, I can definitely understand that the bleeding, the blacking and the gold. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool to hear you say that. Uh, you mentioned you wanted to be challenged in a different way. What has been the biggest challenge for you uh, being the head coach of this women's soccer program? Well, it's it's interesting you you asked that question because I think, you know, coaches have uh, an understanding of who they are, you know, no matter what program you're in and what works for them. And, um, you know, I think you have philosophies as to, you know, how to build a culture because you've got to be comfortable in your own skin. So that, that part was, I think, relatively seamless. You, you know, you have an idea of who's a good player, you know, what, 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 what are you looking for in terms of character, you know, in, in terms of a prospective student athlete, I think for me, and it's much more difficult now than it was when I came in in 2014, but the, the challenges were professionally and tactically, um, the day-to-day operate, you know, the day-to-day operations, uh, in terms of recruitment, it's, it's a battle to get the best student athletes to come. You're battling against Northwestern, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, at the SEC comes up a lot. Like, so there's, it's a battle every day. It's gotta be your lifestyle. What are you selling? You know, what are you selling? What are you about? And you got to work on recruiting every day, just a little bit, or you get left behind. 
I think the other part is, you know, the in-game preparation. They're, they're, and it's only gotten better. The Big Ten for women's soccer is really strong now. And this past year, we finished fourth, and we didn't even make the NCAA tournament, because which is insane. Um, but, but, the, but from top to bottom, the coaches have changed. Investment in women's soccer has, has increased. So facilities are great now. You know, institutions want to win in our sport. So professionally, I was at a pretty high level, you know, we're trying to win national championships every, every year at Grand Valley and getting to the final four. And I look back now and go, man, I, I could have done so much better if I you know, was a little bit better in-game preparation or the national championship, I should have done this. I got caught a couple times in the Big Ten. I'm okay saying that, you know, that I was not prepared to coach against who I coached for, you know, against. But that's why I came here. Yeah. And I'm a pretty fast learner. And the last four or five years, as we've gotten the players we need to get get in this program to compete in the Big Ten, we've we've done pretty well. Absolutely. So, so what do you look for in a player when you recruit them? So, one of my buddies is uh, was recruited for for college soccer, and he <clears> kind of <throat> mentioned that a coach he talked to said that uh, they look for one or two special traits because there's so many good players out there. You want a team that can stand out in one or two specific things. Um, what are you looking for when you're recruiting a player? I think they fall into two categories. I think, first of all, character is, is really important. You know, uh, it's a challenge. There's a lot of adversity, specifically at this level of college athletics. Uh, it'd be great to say, hey, you came in, you were a starter freshman year, and you're you know, a starter senior year. But the reality is you have adversity that you face. There's other people who want the same goals as you. Um, and then you you have to, you know, you your, your job is to be a, a student athlete first. You be a student first. You have to go to school. Those things are all very challenging. So high character, raised by good people, um, and hardworking is really important. Um, I think the second part to that is having an understanding of what who are you recruiting as a player and how do they fit into your system? Everybody has this, you know, has a system and, you know, recruiting to those players in those systems is important. We, I could go and get any players. I could fill a roster very quickly, but do they, as a front runner, do they like to press? Do they want to defend? Do they want to hunt the ball? Do they, you know, are they athletic enough to be able to stretch the game as, as midfielders? Can they tackle? Are they technical? Are they creative? Um, are they courageous? So, I think they have to fit into your system as well. I think it's got to be a bit more, it, it can't just be one size fits all. Um, and then, and then really defining those, those characteristics to these play, you know, these potential student athletes. So, because you don't want them to commit to the university of Iowa, if they don't want to do some of those things that you're asking every day. So I think they come into a lot of, you know, it's character based. Do they want to graduate from the university of Iowa? Do they want to take that experience seriously? And then, you know, as soccer players or, you know, Lisa Bluter, if you can't shoot the three, you're not playing on Lisa yep. Bluter's team. If you can't grind in the post with some post moves, you can't play for Jan Jensen, right? Like everybody's got something. And I think ultimately what you've learned at the University of Iowa, if you want to be a Hawkeye student athlete, you got to want to develop and get better. Kirk, Lisa, Fran. Dave Diani doesn't matter. You got to want to get better. We're going to, we're going to make you better because we can coach. And ultimately that's, that's what matters if you're going to come to Iowa city. 
I love that. That's super awesome. So um, how would you classify your preferred style of play? Is it more direct or is it more possession-based um, or does it kind of change from game to game? Yeah, I think it's it's really dependent on the players you have in your program. Um, I want players that want to learn and that are open to getting better and can can free think on their own a little bit. You're gonna, certainly going to give them a foundation how we want to play. We're going to be in your face. We're going to press defensively. Um, we're, we're going to be athletic and, but in the end of the day, everybody has video, every, everybody's well coached. Um, and so your ability to adapt on the field, we don't have timeouts. We can't, you know, I can't only coach from the sidelines so much. So yeah. they've got to be able to adapt to what they see. And that starts with practice and that starts with our teaching. So, I would say it's a little bit of both. We, you know, we, we've got to be good enough to be able to keep the ball. Um, but when we're pressed, we want to be athletic enough to be able to go direct and, and uh, punish people for, for playing that style. So I think we, a little bit of a hybrid, to be honest. I like that. Yeah. And uh, with college, obviously the substitution rules are a little bit different than the professional model. People can go in, they can come out. Uh, do you prefer that substitution model or would you rather have uh, a more concrete, once you go out, you're out. I think in the women's game and the men's game in college, I think it's important to have a little bit of freedom substitution wise. I think there's a lot that goes into that. You have more players that play. So you have more people that are more happy and you're, you know, but the reality is I think when you start talking about periodization, we just don't have enough time to be able to build our, our student athletes fitness wise. We have 12 days of preseason. We don't right now, wow. and this might this might change, and it, I think it will change. But right now, we don't have access to them in the summer. So for us to say, "Hey, we're going to run with ninety-minute players with four substitutions," it's just not going to happen. You know, it's just yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have. We already have a little bit more freedom in substitutions, and we're still having probably too many injuries in all sports, mm -hmm. not just soccer. So. We, I believe that we, there will be a legislation change that we will have access to our players in July, a little bit similar to basketball. Uh, it's much needed. Volleyball is mm -hmm. going to be along with that same ticket. Um, and, and really, it's driven by the student athletes saying, we want access to our coaches more often, and we want to develop as players. And that's, that's a good thing. All right, y'all, one more pause of the conversation with Coach David Diani. We'll get back to that in just a second. But I want to remind you, with football season being over, basketball is still full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one sport spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And I want to remind you, it's February, which means March Madness is right around the corner, which means you can do all of your basketball betting at BetOnline.net. Get the latest updates there. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right up to the Olympic coverage and information going on right now. So head over to that website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net where the game starts. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, so by my count, when I looked at the roster, it looks like you're losing three kind of full-time starters from this past year's squad that went 12 and six, uh, Riley, Olivia, and Samantha. Um, how do you go about replacing three starters on this, this squad? And, and what are your expectations going into next season? 
Well, I think if you have a good culture and you recruit well, you hope that there's a next man up, right? Or next yeah. woman up. Um, so right, we're in that position right now trying to figure out, you know, with our off season, who's developing, who's going to take it, you know, change their role and, and um, take on more responsibility. And I think that will be really important. Um, you know, I think we have some players that, that maybe played a different role in the fall that are, are really some, you know, really, uh, close to uh, challenging for more responsibility. Kenzie Rowling, uh, a Waverly, Iowa girl. Uh, I think she still breaks the record for you know, leading high school goals in the state of Iowa. Um, she had a good year. Um, anybody who scores six goals has, is a good year in the, in the Big Ten, but, you know, had some physical challenges and got sick and just never could – it's hard, you know, to for a freshman to, to adapt that quickly. She's she's on fire right now. We're, we have some grad transfers that are coming in next year in that position up top. And so it's it's my job to replenish the roster and, it, and it's our players' jobs to be able to expand their role um, and uh, walk through that door when the door is open. Definitely. Uh, this keeps rolling right into the perfect seamless transitions here, but um, with what you're saying about what I want to ask next, so uh, speaking of grad transfers, you landed Cassidy Formanek out of Houston. Um, what was the impact of landing her as a grad student, someone who has uh, significant experience playing high-level soccer? And how did you identify her as a transfer target? Well, uh, I mean, our portal is, you know, one of the benefits to the COVID year is the portal is pretty heavy right now. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, uh, females in particular, are using that COVID year to start the process, you know, with master's classes, you know, and um, Cassidy, first of all, has been an incredible addition. She's having an, 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 an awesome off season right now already. And there's no substitution for a 22 year old woman who's played a lot of minutes and in a high level. Mm -hmm. So how did we get her? Uh, Blair Quinn, our, one of my associate head coach, uh, his career has made it way, his way through the University of Houston. So he has coached her uh, for a year or two before he came to, to, to the University of Iowa. So that was the first thing. He could vouch for her character, her work ethic, who she was as a person. And we had a need. We had a need to upgrade uh, at center back. We needed to get more athletic at, at the back, um, losing Olivia Helwig and uh, Alicia Ganif is a young center back who played a lot of minutes, but you know we didn't have enough depth. Sarah Wheaton has played a lot of minutes for four years there, so we need to to manage her minutes. So um, Cassie is exactly what we thought she was. She's a leader. She's physically prepared to play at this level, and she's a good soccer player. Love that. Um, and so going kind of transitioning to just the Iowa team in general, what was it like winning that first NCAA game in Iowa history? Um, and how did you keep your team motivated throughout a, a rough start to begin that season and, and know that there's still an opportunity that lies ahead? I mean, a pretty, if we're being honest, that's uh, pretty unprecedented to make that kind of a run. Yeah, I think they've, they've, they've coined the word, like, you know, it's uh, it was the story that we, that no one thought you could write. Um, you know, I think the last two years has been a lot for everyone, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and uh, certainly the beginning of that fall um, with the stoppages. And we had we had some, you know, we had quite a quite a number of student athletes that first summer, um, unfortunately, um, not not able to train, 
and we had a lot of stoppages through the fall and we just never got a rhythm and we never got, you know, and the biggest thing challenge was we had a, a great class of freshmen that were doing online classes that we thought were going to help us right away. And, and it, we just never got a rhythm. And, and early on, um, we struggled losing, you know, creating a core of who we were as a team. We lost some games that we never would have lost, you know, if um, later in the year and we didn't lose later in the year. So yeah. about halfway through, we had quite honestly, and um, you know, this is a credit to our student athletes. They stayed bought in. We started getting uh, a little bit more production from the freshmen who were very talented, Mike Engels, Riley Fetty, Maggie Johnson, some really good players um, that just weren't ready, you know, to, yeah. to play. And it was a Big Ten season only. We didn't have non-conference schedules, which usually you can use as a buildup. Mm -hmm. So we got thrown right into the Sharks, Sharks, Dan, you know, water, and, and uh, they weren't ready. So um, I remember this vividly. We lost to Minnesota at home, played Penn State on a Sunday lost one zero really should have tied the game. And our team was like, we're doing everything you're asking coach. And I'm like, you are, but we're not ready to win yet. And, and that's just, I believe you, yeah, I need more. This level needs more. And I could see like, they should, they really should have said, um, we're done. And they didn't, they said, okay. They showed up the next day and we just went on this run where we won, I think five of the last six games. Um, and Still wasn't enough. You know, we still were at the bottom. In a normal year, we would have missed the Big Ten season. But we went on that run, and that run just went, you know, took off. And we went to Illinois. They were old. they had this big presentation for their new facility. We beat them. Then we played Minnesota, beat them. And then, I mean, what we did at Penn State was un <laughs> unreal, you know. And, you know, this was all with all about 12 players. We didn't have a depth. We didn't have a bench. And But – our sport in particular, but athletics is just what's so awe-inspiring about the NCAA tournament and the runs like what we made was it's momentum, right? Monta, you start feeling good about yourself. You get, you get, a, you know, your hair sticks up on your arm and you start, you know, walk a bit taller. And that's what our team did. We just believed. And um, honestly, getting the NCAA game against Merce, uh, against, um, um, Mercer, um, who you had to replay? Yeah. Um, my, the first NCAA win was was unbelievable. Um, and then, quite honestly, we should have beat UCLA. You know, we we were one zero up with five minutes left to go, and but um, but but that's how you create culture, and that's how you create a foundation. And um, I'm just really proud of that group of women that stayed bought in when when things were struggling. Yeah, uh, Campbell was the Campbell. The oh my gosh, yep. my friend was um, the coach there. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I will say um, that run was was amazing, and it was honestly the first collegiate soccer I'd ever watched. So I mean, I think that's uh, it's pretty cool that you know what you all were doing. I think was resonating with with everyone across the state and as, as Iowa Hawkeye fans. And um, it's something now I, I try try to catch whenever I can. The game's going on. I don't. I'll be completely honest. I'm not the the most soccer savvy human being, but I understand when you score and that's good. And I understand a yeah. few things. So uh, it's been, it's been pretty cool to watch that growth. And then you turn it into this season, go 12 and six. Uh, now, what are the expectations for, for next season? Yeah, no, I appreciate you being honest and transparent about that. I think that what was good about it is, 
you know, we had it in here. Wrestling was, you know, tech Tom Brands with Texas. Hey, we're watching. They picked up a recruit, Kenzie Rowling's boyfriend. Like, ever, it just kind of becomes a train, you know, and of momentum, and um, and you just, it doesn't matter what sport it is, you're just fighting for the Hawkeyes, right? You're cheering mm-hmm. on the Hawkeyes. So, I think for us, it's just important that we just don't fall off our core values. You know, our core values are being fit, working harder than everybody else you know, putting time in to develop as a player. Um, and, and you can, you can do that, right. When you have success and sometimes you become a bit short-sighted and start cutting corners. And I think it's really important that you, you realize how you got there and how hard it was to get there. And um, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's hard to get there if successful, but it's also, it's even easier to slip back into, you know, bad, a bad culture and, you know, in a bad season. And um, I think for us, we just talk about that an awful lot is the investment has to be greater than the reward. And mm-hmm. the reward is almost, you know, it's like almost like you're not, you're not shocked when you win because you, you, you know what you put into it. And I, 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 winning is not as important to me as it is as losing, 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 you can learn lessons from um, lo- losing, like winning should just be part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the cherry on top. Oh, great, great, good. Awesome. We, we expected to win. Now we move on. And yeah. we, for me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very big coach that invests in the process. And, um, and if you're cheating it every day, you're going to get caught. So yeah, for me, it's, you know, we have a pretty young program right now. Our players are pretty young, so they're learning what it, what you know what the process is about, and um, it, it, it it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. The process is hard, but but you you know you can't cheat life. Can't cheat success. It's life lessons, not just uh, not just in soccer, but overall in life. Well, I have um, one last question for you, and then a few just kind of quick questions. So I, I appreciate your time, and if you need to go, no just let me know. Um, nope, what is, what is one thing you would like Iowa Hawkeye fans to know about the women's soccer team and, and women's college soccer in general? Well, I think first I'll call it soccer in general. I think it's, it's an incredible sport that takes an awful lot of physical stamina and investment, um, to, to accomplish and perform at the highest level. Um, I think that, in the end of the day, our sport is something that is goes along with women's basketball and softball. That if 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 the if the if the NCAA and if universities invest in it, fans follow. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. And I think it's the it's the most popular sport in the country. You know, with you know not just on the men's side but on the women's side, but in the world. And so it's a, a universal sport that I think everyone can go. Once every four years, you got the World Cup. Once every four years, you got the Olympics. So it's always something that you can go back and relate to. And and families, you know, are around televisions, no matter whether you know the intricate details or not. Um, with regards to Hawkeye, you know, Hawkeye soccer, I think we will always uh, be appreciative of the opportunity to put on the Tiger Hawk, the black and gold. We will always be a blue collar program that will grind for success. And I think it's easy to follow, you know, and just like you said, in 2019, you know, we didn't, we we weren't as talented as UCLA, but we were in that position because we were a team 
and a program that were merged as one. And I think you see that amongst our, our entire athletic department, mm -hmm. you know, they're led by great leaders, they're great, led by great coaches, starts with Gary Barter and all the way down. But the, we, 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 we get better and we invest in the process and you better be ready for a fight. So that's, what's exciting about our athletic department. That's exciting. What's exciting about all the, the programs within our athletic department. It's pretty cool to see. And I think about like the field hockey and seeing the wrestling team and the soccer team and the basketball team and everyone's there supporting all these teams. It's pretty cool to see uh, the amount of support from an Iowa Hawkeye program perspective. Um, so to coach David, Diani, De I really appreciate your time today. I have a couple uh, very, very lighthearted questions uh, for sure. you. So perfect. Uh, first off, do you like Casey's pizza? And if so, <laughs> Casey's or come and go pizza. Oh, great question. Uh, Casey's. I love that. What's your favorite Casey's pizza? You know, everyone's going to say breakfast, but I actually just like the basic uh, pepperoni, nice cheese. I, I, I like the sauce, actually. I, I'm 100% the same. Breakfast pizza is not my jam. It's the, it's the pepperoni. Honestly, the a day-old Casey's pizza, just, oh, man, like I'm on a road and it just tastes so good. All right. Um, favorite restaurant in Iowa City? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I love um, – chop house i like okay. i think the chop house they got a great they got a great beer wall they got great steaks good great chickens good sandwiches um i've eaten there a lot uh second one would be stella's okay and what's your go-to beer you know i like a kona uh i like a, a kona wave um a little bit of fruity um but and then probably the second one would be uh Something from Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo because I spent so much time there. Bells, something from Bells. Okay, nice. Um, I always have to ask this question. My my best friend, he uh, he loves one of my best friends. He loves soccer, and he uh, always asked me to ask this question. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? I do. I do. Okay. True. Can I'm Canadian, so I've got a I've got to go with a. I, I don't often get it, but I but I I don't I don't mind it at all. Okay. And final question for you. Have you seen Ted Lasso and do you like Ted Lasso? Oh, I'm a big Ted Lasso fan. I'm a big yeah. Ted Lasso fan. I think it's, <laughs> it's a great show. I, I think that it's comedic, um, great actors, actresses. I can't wait. I, I, I binged on it. I can't wait for another season to come out. Absolutely. I think it's one of the most impressive shows uh, ever created. Just it's hilarious. It also has really nice uh, talks about a lot of really deep things, but does it in a way that, uh, people can 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 see it and understand it and comprehend it, but also leave and, and be understanding about it without being overly upset, I guess is the best way to put it. So yeah, a lot of light, a lot of great life lessons, quite honestly, that you know, yeah. that are that are woven in there to a soccer program, but are really just about living life, right? And being yeah. successful and and um being a good person. Ultimately it's yeah. about being a good good human being. Yeah. Someone was telling me the other day I was doing something, I was upset and like be a goldfish, Andrew. I was like, All right, got you. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. that's awesome. I love well, it. Well, Coach Yanni, um, I really appreciate your time. It has meant the world for me to be able to chat with you. I'm really excited for uh, next year's team and uh, the season we'll be watching. And for all of you fans out there, I highly recommend checking out getting Big Ten Plus so you can check out all the Iowa women's soccer games um, that aren't on the Big Ten channel. Uh, any last words from you, Coach Yanni? No, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak about our athletic department and our program and. Truly just the Hawkeye Nation. Absolutely. As always, Hawkeye Nation, appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic day and let's go Hawks.